Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. One of the most unique preachers to ever stand behind the sacred desk was Archie Atwell. God used the humor of Archie Atwell to touch hearts and lives all across America. You are sure to enjoy this sermon that he preached at Seabreeze Camp Meeting in Hobe Sound, Florida in 1982. It's titled, The Power of Prayer. I know you will enjoy this wonderful message. Maybe the Lord was going to let me preach an encouraging message on carnality, but he didn't uh, lead along that line. But in James, the fifth chapter, again reading at the 13th verse, when I pause, I want you to say the next word, not the next verse, but just the next word. James 5, 13, it says, any, Is any among you afflicted? Let him... Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the uh, faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent of a righteous man availeth much. Now Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now somebody guess what I'm going to preach about tonight. How did you guess it? How did you guess it? Who told you? No cold, dry, dead message on prayer. Brother Atwell, I just see some nosedives almost right here in the middle of a camp meeting. That's supposed to be the first night of the camp, or the second, or the third. Well, if you read down that 18th verse and the first four words that we read here, uh, read here tonight of this 18th verse, it said, And he prayed again. And he prayed again. And all day long, and perhaps even part of the night, these words came back to me, and he prayed again. Well, we prayed before camp ever started. We have prayed since camp has started. I appreciated the emphasis on prayer, that our, the leadership of the camp has been uh, encouraging you to pray. I appreciate those that came in last night after the service and prayed, those that are here at 5 o'clock and 6.30 and 7 o'clock and throughout the day and in your 
cabins and rooms and trailers and such what. I thank God for people that pray. I told Brother Yoakum, I said, it means so much to have someone to help carry the load. I'm sure you preachers know what it means to go to a revival meeting and you have to have the burden of the word and the burden of the the people and you pray around the altars and just wherever you help go calling with the pastor and over to Christian day school and and uh, you can just spread yourself so thin until you feel like there's nothing there. But when you have someone to help carry the load and carry the burden, it means so much. And we appreciate the prayer warriors that are here in this camp. And we would like to encourage you tonight to pray again. Our subject tonight would be entitled The Power of Prayer. The Power of Prayer. And in the book of Acts, in the 12th chapter, we have a wonderful example here of what prayer can do. I don't know how you feel about this camp meeting. I mean, I'm enjoying it immensely. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Some of you have to probably endure this part of it. But uh, I'm not satisfied. I appreciate the notes of victory and testimony and song and uh, the aisle runners and the fire whistles and everything else that's going off. But uh, when we gather around our altar, there just seems like there's something lacking yet. And I'm not discrediting the victories that have been won. Some have come through with with total victory. That's the only kind of TV I believe in is total victory. And uh, they're testified to it. But others have come forth to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. And I thought of that message that Brother uh, Yoakum preached over there in the book of Mark the other night, the ninth chapter where he was speaking, the father brought his afflicted son to the disciples, to the church, and he said, And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. They were a powerless church. And wouldn't it be sad if people came to camp meeting and came seeking God and hearing a shout and praise the Lord and run the aisles and have to go back home with an empty heart, saying, I came to thy disciples and I spake to thy disciples. I came to your camp meeting hoping that I could get some help from my boy or my girl and they just couldn't help us. That would be sad, wouldn't it? Well, I don't believe that's the case. I believe God's going to continue to help us. He's helped us because we've prayed and if we'll pray again, I'd like to emphasize that tonight. I like what he said about the time the church started in the morning. Ten o'clock, is that right? Huh? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. All right, let's say you say nine thirty again. That's good. Now let's say you say, and he prayed again. Now say that again. And say it again. Now say it a little louder this time. Hallelujah! Glory! That about got me off the launching pad. Amen. Well, in the 12th chapter of Acts, he was talking about where the church was having some persecution, and that'll always make us pray, won't it? That'll make us pray when we're persecuted. And uh, because... Uh, that the old king of Saul had pleased the Jews. He had already killed James, the brother of the John, uh, with a sword. 
And because it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. You know, we have a lot of men pleasers today. Anything will just please man, they're willing to do it, even if it's killing a man. A lot of times it may not be necessarily taking a knife in our hand and a dagger in their back, but that little old instrument called the tongue can kill the influence of an individual or a pastor or a saint of God in the ears and the heart and the eyes of some young converts or others. And just because it pleases man, some people will do these things. But it, it pleased the old king uh, uh, because that the Jews were happy about it. And he said, well, we'll just kill, we'll just kill uh, Peter also. But the fifth verse said, therefore, was captain, uh, Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They called a college prayer meeting and said, let's pray. He said, Peter needs help, and he's in prison. And oh, how many folk are in the prison house of sin tonight, and how we're going to have to get a hold of the horns of the altar and really fast and pray and believe God and expect God to break these uh, fetters and chains of sin that are bound upon our loved ones. It's easy to talk about it and sing about it and shout about it and even preach about it. But when we begin to pray, the devil really fights that. This little group of people, they gathered together and to have a united prayer. And, and uh, they began to believe God and to trust God and said, Oh, God, you can deliver Peter. And I'm sure the devil come to that prayer meeting. He does everyone that uh, pray, where they pray effectual fervent prayers, don't be surprised for the devil coming to all your prayer meetings. You ought to be surprised if he doesn't. And no doubt he talked to these people and he said, well, it won't do any good to pray. He ever talked to you like that? He said, remember, James said you prayed for him and no doubt they did. And said he was killed and said there's no use praying again. Why, well, I just, uh, I would just sort of, uh, oh, forget this thing and just say it's the Lord's will that he's there. And poor old Peter looks like this is his time to die. And how the devil likes to reason out things. But we can't reason with him. We have to resist him. He's been at this thing for centuries and centuries and centuries, my friend. And uh, we're going to have to pray. Oh, God, help me to resist the devil. That's right in the middle of this camp meeting, Lord. Why, you stop the preacher preaching an evangelistic message just to emphasize prayer. And, Lord, we need to get a hold, a new hold in prayer. Really believe God and Trust God for the remainder of these days. Some of you just come in new and it's easy to visit with others and just take a time of vacation and fellowship. But we need to pray. We need to say, oh, God, this is important. The time is running out. My God, we've got souls that need to be set free around here. And probably if we look back and we can see our past failures and we can see the James that we prayed for and he didn't come out of prison and he was killed and and the devil tried to get us to look down. Someone said, if you look down, you'll see defeat, both of them. Uh, but said, don't look down. Said, look up. Said, your redemption draws nigh. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. So they just ignored the devil, and the scripture said they prayed without ceasing. That God could help us to get a groan in our heart, not necessarily 
in the services. Uh, but as we go across the campground, and even when we're talking to others, there can be a, a prayer going out of our heart. Oh, God, give us a Holy Ghost camp meeting. Move on us like we've never been moved before. Not just because, whether that, well, or Brother Yoakum, or, or the choir singing, or who's here. But, oh, God, we want you here in an unusual way, in a way that we can go across the country and set our churches on fire and testify to the fact of what God's doing for us and pray fix your fervent prayer. And I believe that God can put in our hearts so we can groan through the night hours. And it'll be hard for us to sleep and hard for us to eat and put out a groan coming out of our heart. Oh, God, we're not satisfied. There's too many going away from the elders, Lord, without an unmistakable witness of the Spirit. I like to get up at the night hours and the morning hours and pray, especially when I'm home. I have an old rocking chair. Somebody said, well, you can't do much in a rocking chair. Well, I've rocked out a few little prayers there. But I, I'd get that old chair after my old knees would give out, and sometimes I'd walk and back and forth across the living room, and I'd sit down in that chair. I'd say, now, Lord, you've got me awake. I said, wake that fellow up that I'm praying for. said, it ain't fair, Lord, if you let him sleep. said, wake him up and stir him up. said, you've got me awake praying and make him miserable. Man, work on him, put some bed bugs in the bed with him, or do something, Lord. Stay back. And I believe, folks, whenever we pray and ask God to move on other people, we really mean from the depths of our heart, God's going to hear our prayer. Amen. This group of people begin to pray. They just held on, and they held on, and they held on, and they held on, and they held on. And some of you are holding on around here. And the devil will tell you it's not doing any good, but it is. It is. You want to know what I'd give you, what advice I'd give you tonight if I was going to give advice? I'd say, pray again. Feels like you're not getting through, just pray again. But Lord, I believe you're working. I believe it pleases God for us to hem him up in a corner. Amen. He said, command ye me. He wants us to get to the place where we can say, now Lord, you've told us if we do thus and so, that you would do thus and so. I've got a boy and I've got a girl that's out there in the prison house of sin. I've got an unsaved husband, an unsaved wife, and they need help, Lord. This camp meeting's going by and it seems like they're not moved. Maybe they've been to the altar, but they haven't come through yet. Oh, God, we're praying again. We're getting, we're getting desperate about this thing. Amen. This little crowd began to pray here in the 12th chapter of Acts and God began to move. Little old Rhoda began to pray through and get blessed and run back and forth across the house, a kicking the throw runs and a shoving the furniture around and a, and a testifying to the others that God had heard her prayer and saw her tears. Amen. And if you use your imagination a little bit, let's imagine God in heaven sitting up here on his throne. Oh, I'm glad he's up there tonight, aren't you? Praise God. Scripture said that the clouds are the dust of his feet. He has control of the whirlwind. I believe he's looking on. But here, our Heavenly Father sits on his throne tonight. He's looking over his domain. He's looking over this whole world. And he realizes, he knows those that are, that are praying, those that are believing, those that are expecting something to happen. And Jesus is sitting over here at the right hand of the Father. Now, this is what God's Word says. And did you know while you're praying that divinity is interceding for you? While you're praying, and I just like to picture while he's put there in John Mark's mother's house was praying and believing God, and they had prayed for James, but they were praying again. 
And oh God, we've prayed for this camp meeting. We're praying again. And as he looked over the balconies of heaven at those people, he's looking over the balconies of heaven at us tonight. He's hearing our prayer and seeing our tears. And oh, as their prayers begin to come out before the Lord, I can see Jesus as he began to squirm a little bit, if you'll pardon that expression. And he looks over and said, Father, said, what are we going to do about those folk down there that's praying? Said, look down there in John Mark's mother's house. Said, see that little girl that's running back and forth across the house there, uh, shouting the victory? She's already got her hair shouted down. And she just blessed about half to death uh, because thy spirit has encouraged her. And said, we have promised in the word that whatsoever we'd ask in faith, believing that we'd receive. And said, she's believing and some of the rest of them. It's getting contagious. They're beginning to believe. What are we going to do about it, Father? I can see the father as he was sitting there, perhaps it seemed undisturbed. But he said, son, are there any angels that's loafing around the throne here tonight? And then I like to imagine Jesus stood up and he looked around. Michael! Gabriel! I heard one of them over there somewhere. Ah, oh, he took off. <laughs> no, Father, it just doesn't look like there's any of them around. They're all busy. Well, he said, I guess I'll just have to send you down then, son. So he said, I'll just send the angel of the Lord. I just soon Jesus answered my prayers anybody else, hadn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah! And they just kept praying, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed again. And I can see the Lord as he thought, well, I'm going to have to do something. And he said, where's me a cloud to make me an elevator? And he saw cloud nine floating around. I was like, oh, come here, cloud nine. You look like you'd make a good elevator. He commanded the little old cloud to come over, and I can see him as he stepped out there. On it, and he came right down through the demonic powers of hell. Oh, if we can see tonight the forces of darkness that are gathered over this tabernacle and over this campground that's trying to keep our prayers from getting through, it would probably scare us about half to death. But God's word said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank God. So Jesus himself, he came down to the demonic powers of darkness. He walked up to those prison doors. Aren't you glad there's nothing can stop him tonight? He went in where Peter was found sleeping between two soldiers. You know, folks, there's a lot of people tonight that are drowsy, spiritually speaking. And the only way they're going to get awake is for somebody to pray for them. My God. Wake him up! Wake him up! Wake him up! You know something? Some people don't want to be woke up. Why, you go to wake them up, it makes them mad. I've had them when you'd grab them by the leg when they'd throw a pillow and say, Get out of here! Leave me alone! Pull the pillow and that cover up over their head. A couple of fellas at a boarding house one time, boarding together, and one of them said, Say, buddy, you got to wake me up early in the morning. said, I've got a chance for a promotion of them job if I get down there about a half an hour early. Uh, he said, Me wake you up? Nonsense, buddy. I don't want my head knocked off. <laughs> Oh, come on now. Said, put her there. Shake hands with her. Promise me you'll wake me up. <laughs> oh, no. He said, I've, oh, he said, all right, I'll try this one time. They said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this little alarm clock here and I'm going to wind the thing up and I'm going to take an aluminum dish pan 
I'm going to turn it upside down and set it on this chair beside your bed and put this alarm clock on there. And when it goes off and it begins to jingle and ring, well, said, I want you to know it's time to get up. And said, if you don't hear it, well, I'm going to help you hear it. And sure enough, the next morning, the fellow got the old alarm clock set that night. And the next morning, the old alarm clock went off and began to jingle and dance around on top of that old aluminum pan. That fellow woke up and reached over and knocked the pan, the alarm clock, and everything else went flying across the house. Finally, this thing run down. Fellow come over and said, didn't you hear that? He said, here come a pill flying through the air. Shut up! Leave me alone! He said, that's exactly what I felt like doing. Just leave him alone. I said, no, I promised him that I would wake him up. You know, the Bible says, swear to your own hurt and change not. <laughs> Amen. A charge to keep I had. He said, I went over and I grabbed him by the leg and I shook him and said, buddy, come out of here. Then he kicked at me and threw the other pillow. He said, I did feel like leaving him then. But I said, about that time, I thought of something. He said, I saw a little old glass sitting there up there in front of me. And said, I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I walked into our little kitchenette and opened up the refrigerator. And there was a big old uh, pitcher of water. And he said, I plug, 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 plug. said, I filled that thing just as full as I could. I went through and said, I kicked all the throw rugs out on the side. And, and I pushed the furniture back. And I made sure that the kitchen door was open. And he said, I, I sort of backed up to that fellow's bed. And I knew he wouldn't bother me if I didn't bother him. But said I reached over and real carefully, I pulled the cover back down where I could see his old bare neck. And said I looked to see if the right of way was clear. And said I poured up cold water and said, ah, I took out of there. And ran and slammed the door. And said I no sooner got behind the door till thud, something hit the other side. And he said I could hear somebody beating the door said, come out of there. You scurry, wag you, I'll kill you, I'll stop you. And he said I begin to yell, you told me to, you told me to. And said he got quiet. And the fellow said, come on out, buddy. It's all right now. He said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, I went out and there he was standing. He was wet in his old droopy pajamas. <laughs> and said, he put out his hand. said, thank you, you rascal, you. <laughs> but said, he shook hands with me after I got him awake. You know, preachers especially, there's a lot of people that are getting drowsy today. They don't want us to talk about anything that will stir them up or wake them up out of their drowsiness. But once you get them awake, praise God, they're going to shake your hand. They said, preacher, I'm glad you kept praying in the bell. I'm glad you kept praying. I'm glad you kept preaching it. Oh, I'm glad you stirred me till you got me awake. And there's a lot of people that don't want to wake up. But if we'll pray, my friend, God can wake them up. Amen. The angel of the Lord came into this old prison house and he smote Peter on the side. He said, Rise up quickly. And old Peter began to stir. I'll tell you, folk, if you're here without God tonight, if you sense God dealing with well, you, better be quick to mind God. Because the Bible said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. If you're here seeking holiness, you better be quick to go to the altar. You may not feel what you felt in this camp. 
that when you get home, you may not feel it in the next revival. God's here and God's dealing and He's just floating people with Holy Ghost conviction and trying to wake them up. And old Peter woke up. And the chains fell off. Hallelujah. Why? Because somebody prayed. Hey, but you know something? He still wasn't out of the prison house. There's a lot of folk, you know, will quit a lot of things under old-fashioned conviction. He might have been a chain smoker and a chain drinker and, and a chain doper, and, and we just don't know what all. But he began, some chains fell off. And some folk, if we'll pray hard enough for them, they'll quit smoking and drinking and cursing. They'll quit running around their wife or their husband, and, but they still need to be delivered. Amen. Just because they quit some things, it doesn't mean that they're out of sin's prison yet. What do you need to do, Brother Atwell? We need to pray again. Amen. There's some folk that's got help around the altar, and they've wept and they've cried and they've confessed some things, and the Spirit of the Lord has encouraged them, but they need to pray again. They need to go a little farther. Just a few chains fell off. They've got a little bit of liberty, and they think they're set free when really they're still in the prison house tonight. And they're depending on your prayers and my prayers to help them to get up and to be liberated and set free. Amen. Old Peter began to squirm around. I can see if he had any covers. He began to shake the things and get them back and, and began to follow the Lord. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Don't come after me like that, Peter. Did you get some clothes on first? Now, I didn't know that would go over like a lead balloon here, but it usually does. Most places. And that brother, well... You know, they haven't been a Christian very long. They've only been saved 13 months. <laughs> and they don't know what it means to wear long dresses. They don't know what it means to let their hair grow. And they know when they went. And then come ahead of home. And only 13 months, going on 14. And I don't believe that. And I'm Let me tell you something. We can do a lot more by talking to God about man and we can't have talking to man about God. And if we'll pray, I believe when God smites people with Holy Ghost conviction, He'll help them to realize there's some things they need to do. There's some, some things that need to go off. You need to drop the old chains and fetters of sin. But there's some things that you need to put on. He said, he said, I want you to cast your garment about. Wouldn't it have been something him run out there with a little pair of hubcaps to shine and you know, his Bermuda shorts on said, I'm a, I'm a disciple of the Lord. I'm a following the Lord. He's a leading me. He's a directing me. His old hairy legs are showing and his alfalfa patch is sticking out up here. <laughs> but no, the Lord said, if you're going to follow me, that you put some clothes on. Amen. And as he began to mind God, the doors began to open. The old prison house began to open up, and he went right on through past those poor quadrillion of soldiers. Oh, my friend, you'll be surprised how God will help you to get a past people if you just follow the Lord and their opinions and what they think and the weapons they have to use on you if you just do what God tells you to do. Go ahead and cast your garment about you. Do the thing that God tells you to do. Amen. And he went right on out of the old prison house. Amen. And the scripture said that he led him out to the big gate that goes out of the city. Thank God. You know, we go to our grocery stores today. We have a little pad there in front of the door. 
And we think, and we step on a little pad, and the door flies open. Said, "Ma, this is something nice." But they had these back in Peter's day. Did you know that? <laughs> Why, sir? They got out to the big gate that opened up to the city, and I can just almost hear it yet as it began to they go <laughs> click. And Peter walked right on out. God. Didn't say anything about him shouting, praising the Lord, but Amen. The Lord had been leading him, been directing him. I just met him. He felt so good. <laughs> Praise God. One fellow said, I got saved. I felt so good. I was tempted to take a bite of myself to see how I tasted. <laughs> Peter, he just, uh, he couldn't realize what happened to him. He thought, you mean this? Well, he thought he'd saw a television. I mean, thought he'd saw a vision. And he said, uh, my. He said, here these chains have dropped off. And is this really so? And, and there's a prison house back there behind me. And uh, <laughs> what's happened anyhow? But you know, after a while, the Lord lets us walk by faith. Amen. The Lord got him out of prison and he just led him out there and let him stand a while. And he began to consider the thing. Now, what is it? What is it that's caused me to have this liberty? What is it that makes me feel so good? What is it that's caused these chains to drop? Is this? <laughs> oh, he said, I know. They're having a prayer meeting up there at John Mark's mother's house. And that's the crowd that's prayed me out of here. Hallelujah. Listen, folks. That crowd that's praying for somebody out there, they know who it is. They know who's praying for them. Oh, Peter said, I think I'll just go up to the prayer meeting. Thank God. You know, that's about the first thing you want to do when you get saved is go to prayer meeting. Thank God. He went up to the old cottage uh, prayer meeting and began to knock on the door. I can imagine how blessed he was. He probably stood out on the front porch and so blast he couldn't get the door open and the little Rhoda on the inside had already believed God that he was going to be there and she was so blessed she couldn't get a hold of the door now and she was a hopping and a scotching across there and I haven't heard her cry and grandpa you don't have to pray grandma you don't have to pray cousin Susie you don't have to pray he's out there he's out there I can hear his voice oh he's out there and I can almost hear that old grandfather oh God help little Rhoda now Lord uh, and Susan, help that girl. She don't understand this. Uh, she just thinks that God has delivered Peter. There's no way that he could be free. He's down there in the prison house. Uh, he's chained to a couple of prisoners, and they got four quartier of soldiers in front. And that big door out to the city, no way it could be out of there. Some of you ladies help this girl. She's lost her mind. Oh, so we can go on with our prayer meeting. Uh, oh, Father, help little Rhoda. You know how she's all disturbed. Our young people don't understand. They still feel like that God can hear and answer prayer in this day and age. Uh, it's like any other day and age. Uh, but, Lord, we know you can't. Uh, and we just pray that you'd help these children, dear God, especially this girl Rhoda. Now, Father, we continue to pray today. Set Peter free, dear Lord. Oh, God, we're not really expecting it. Uh, but, Lord, we've got to pray. We've called this prayer meeting. Uh, and I'm one of the pillars of the church, Lord. Uh, you know, the pillars are what hold the sleepers up, dear Lord. Uh, 
And oh God, I pray that you'd help. And I let my influence to reach out today. Help me to stay here just as long as anybody else does. My God, my God. Oh Lord, we're not really expecting it, but we're believing you, Lord. Isn't that a prayer of confusion? We might be surprised tonight if we could analyze some prayers that are going up around here. They're not really expecting God to do what we're asking Him to do. They'd be shocked if that unsaved husband or unsaved wife, somebody had nudged you and said, Guess who came and sat in two sat down in two seats behind us? Who's that? Said your husband. My my husband? <laughs> yes, you know, the one you've been requesting prayer for that God would bring him into this camp and get him saved before. Yes, but I didn't expect, I mean, my husband. Now, you know he has a twin brother, don't you? <laughs> Perhaps it's his twin brother. I don't, I don't feel like it could be my husband. And she'd cautiously look around. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, but finally, somebody got the door open, and when Peter came in, they were all scared to death of him, Brother Whitaker. And they begin to hold. Oh, oh, no, 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 don't you come over here. Oh, that must be a ghost. Oh, no, 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 don't you come over this way, man. Oh, no, 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 no. But then he began to testify. He said, I want to tell you how the Lord has delivered me out of prison. And can't you see those old hypocrites? They begin to set the chairs down and come out from behind the piano and the sofa and the big chair. And they come over real cautiously. <laughs> yeah, bless you, Peter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, amen, Peter, before you testify, I just want folk to know what a burden I've been carrying for you. <laughs> Peter, I couldn't sleep through the night. I couldn't eat through the day. <laughs> Nobody knows what was a burden I carried for you. <laughs> Shut up. Usually people that's carried the burden... They're sitting in the background. All they're saying, Lord, I want no glory for it. I want no praise, but they're just so glad that God's heard their prayer. They've seen their tears. Oh, and Peter said, I want to tell you, hallelujah! I delivered me out of prison. I'll tell you, folks, we can tell when they've been delivered. They want to brag on the Lord. Amen. Now, Peter could have said, now, wait a minute, folks. Just calm down here a little bit. Ah, you think you had so much to do with this. I was laying there flat on my back in that old prison house, and those fellows started snoring on both sides of me. And you know how long that thumb is on my right hand? 
I happened to reach it over into my pajama pocket, and I found one of my wife's bobby pins in there. <laughs> yes, sir. And I fashioned that thing around my finger where I could make a key out of it to pick that lock off of my wrist, and I got that thing off of my right hand and so easily laid it down, the fellow didn't even know what I was doing, and reached over and loosed the one on the left hand, and I slipped out of that one, and I sat up so easily that they didn't realize what was taking place, and all of you know what a, how good I am at picking locks, and I opened that lock on that prison house, and and I got it open just like I did those off of my wrist, and, and can't you just see what I've accomplished, and, 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 and you all know what a good athlete lead of him. And I, I stood back against the wall on the back side of that prison and I put my back to the wall and I took my elbows and I gave myself a shove and I ran against that front door and out of past those four quadrants soldiers. When I got to the big gate I had so much force up. I bursted that thing open and I ran off up in a prayer meeting. They don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> they hear testimony bragging on self and tell what self has done how I accomplished this and how I quit my smoking and how I made up my mind I was going to do this and so. But no, Peter said, I want to tell you how the Lord, how the Lord has delivered me out of prison. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said while this was going on that down in the prison house there was no small stir. There was a rat in the chair. Hey, what are you going on here? Where's that man, Peter? Where is he at? Oh, you fellas are heading here. Where you at? Sit safe up here now. I know there's two of you. He was right here. Your hair was laying, and you two fellas right here. Tell me now, was you the one to let him loose? Here lays the change, and here lays the alarm clock that we used. And uh, uh, don't tell me that you didn't let him loose. Brother, uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you didn't have the time, John. And all we have to do is pray one old sinner out of the prison house. And brother, we'll put a stir down where he came from. The old bartender heard some fellas talking and said, That fellow, Peter, they said he got old-time religion. Yeah. Ah, I don't believe he did. The old bartender says, Listen, boys. I don't know much about the old-time religion, but there's something happened to that fella. He's owed me a liquor bill for 20 years. And he mailed that to me last week. He said he wouldn't be drinking no more, but he felt like he ought to pay his bills. About that time, another fella said, Yeah, you know, when we was, we was shooting craps, he said he lost his motorcycle. He got on the thing and took off. He said he sent me money for that thing, too. He said something happened to him. He's different. He's different. Don't tell me it won't put a stir in the prison house of sin. Oh, you can hear a couple of them say, well, why don't we go up there and see what's going on? Why don't we just go kind of look the situation over see what's happening? And they went up and slipped in the back of the church or the little tabernacle, wherever it was, and began to look around. And said, where is our old buddy anyhow? Said, well, you'll spot him after a while. Said, he's, he's got hair about halfway down his back. and He's got on a pair of bib overalls. And they got an American flag right on the seat of him. If they happen to stand up for prayer, said, you can try to see if you can see the American flag right on the seat of his pants. And yeah. 
Yeah, he wears one of those little blouses. You know whether it belongs to a girl or a boy. Yeah, you'll, you'll see him. He's got rings in his ears and spit curls. Yeah, watch him. Look, and I look. Well, I don't believe he's here tonight. And about that time, somebody over in the amen corner stood up. He had a clean shave. He'd been down to Willie's department store. That's the Goodwill store. Got him a new suit. Had on a nice second-handed pair of shoes. He smelt good. He felt good. Somebody said, now that looks enough like him to be his cousin. He couldn't even recognize him. But he said, Say, I'd like to tell you how I appreciate the way the Lord has saved me and sanctified me. And a couple of my old buddies are back here tonight. They may not know me, but I know them. And I'd like to see God save them and God move on them. The songwriter writer said something got a hold of me. Oh, listen, folks. God's still able to hear and answer prayer today. If we can find an avenue or a channel for him to work through. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA.